Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Three great words. Free Fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 1231.24. Excludes tax must update rewards. They stay overnight in a beautiful treehouse. Um, all I could think about was how many mosquito bites I would have in the morning. There were a lot of layers, though. To the net, yeah. 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 I got a mosquito bite on the way to work this morning, so <laughs> I'm pretty sensitive to the these. one it mosquito really in nice, Manhattan. Though. I know. Yeah. Like, I literally can be outside for five yeah, seconds the day, and I will get a mosquito like, bite. During the morning? I can't explain it. I showed I up at it. home it's last huge. night with a fresh mosquito bite. <laughs> Your and blood is just so sweet. <laughs> Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. It's Fantasy Suite Week, and this season, I would say the Fantasy Suite really turned into just kind of a regular dream suite. Not too amazing, not too terrible, just normal. Except for Jason, who didn't get to participate at all, even though he's apparently the best kisser in the world. Yeah, and then had the most graceful exit. I have a feeling that he was in, like, a lot of Bachelor Nation fantasies last night, not to be weird. There was a lot of sliding into his DMs, (laughs) I would imagine. And to discuss all of this, we're joined by the wonderful Kayla Quinn. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being here. (laughs) We're so excited to see you. Really excited to see you. And also just, you know, you have a particular insight into the overnight date portion of this show because you've actually yeah. participated in it. Yes. I wanted Final to introduce three. you as a fantasy suite expert. And then I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Survivor? Not say that. Survivor. Survivor. Yes. I'll take that. <laughs> Alum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also you had a rafting fantasy date. So you just yes. really had very particular expertise for this. Where were you guys? We were in the Bahamas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, like, no. I apologize. Jamaica. Jamaica. I was yes. like, you were in somewhere that was warm. <laughs> yeah, we were in Jamaica. I was on a raft. Deja vu. All over again. <laughs> well, apparently Jason was supposed to have a rafting date in Virginia, but it was too cold. And it they seems like, like they got time, a lot of bad this weather. This time the rafting is going to work out for us. And then they didn't account for the holiday. national holiday. <laughs> But let's. But yeah. They are in Thailand. They're in Thailand. Thailand was the real star of this episode for me. Like I just, totally. I've wanted to go to Thailand for a long time, and I was like, yeah, I'm. They're selling me on it. I feel yeah. like we saw the best of the markets, the elephants. I was transported. Yeah. You guys, let's have a big group trip. Yeah. <laughs> Can we hang out with baby elephants though? Because I feel like they really didn't get the, their due during this episode. <laughs> the baby elephants were neglected. They were like, we want to hang out with tourists from America. And <laughs> they're just not coming by. 
Um, I love getting a glimpse of Becca's TV presenter gifts. <laughs> they need to give her better material because she was saying some extremely confusing things and it's some extremely cultural, basic things. Claire. It's very cultural. There's lots of food and culture and temples. And there's <laughs> the streets are busy, which describes most cities. Probably and they most Asian her, countries. Yeah. They need to give her some fun facts. Yeah, give You're her right. something I, to work with. I agree. There's a lot of history of the religion as well. Is very interesting. There, it's, it's something that we all could be educated on. Yeah, yeah I and I wasn't. Like, by why? This why were there so many fun facts about Virginia and so few about the entire country of Thailand? Yeah, I know in granular detail now about the history of Richmond and where Edgar Allan Poe's mother <laughs> is buried. But all I know about Thailand is that it's cultural. <laughs> and that they're staying at a hotel called the Shangri-La. It it's a very nice. famous hotel chain. Or not chain, but like it's very nice. Really? Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the name is very evocative uh, of luxury, etc. You have to be when you're on these like destinations, these exotic destinations, you have to be in a really nice hotel because... These final three men are stuck in there all the time. When you're not on your date for about 12 hours, you're there for two weeks stuck in a room. So you need those amenities. I need that bathtub, you know, that room service. They all have a butler, I'm sure. Because you're like, this is where you exist now. Maybe forever. You might never be let out of this room. You don't want the runner-up to come out and be like, I was held in literally in solitary confinement in a hut (laughs) for two weeks. Get all the cable channels. Um, So Becca is feeling really good coming into this week. She's in love with two people. She's falling in love with a third person. Jason was so screwed from moment one. He was. I mean, if you're already in love with two people, why would you make an effort to keep falling in love with a third person? Maybe if you're polyamorous, but that is not the situation here. (laughs) She needs to pick one. I've never understood the really emotional, like— goodbye to the third place person where she's like what am I doing why can't I love this person it's like well you have to pick one so why don't you just let this one go I think it's guilt because you literally have to compartmentalize each and every relationship so she's overwhelmed at this point and let's be real that are we going to talk about the photo album because I feel like that was a little too much to like that, that probably hurt yeah oh god the ordering the of this the, this uh episode was a little confusing i feel like they cut up jason's time and spread it out into three different segments right yeah mm-hmm. um but let, well, let's start with blake start with blake's date um he meets her in the woods the forest he can't wait to touch and kiss her thanks for that blake <laughs> and so well it, it was just such a beautiful moment of producing where they're like, can't you just aren't you just so excited to kiss and touch Becca? And he's like, yeah, I can't wait no. to kiss and touch. Becca. I feel like what actually <laughs> happened is they were like, what are you excited to do when you see Becca? And he was like, well, I can't wait to kiss her and also to touch her. They're obviously, because like, yes, like, you can't do either. <laughs> um, also, did Blake get a haircut? I feel like he might have gotten a little touch up. Oh, Probably they must all get yeah. haircuts, right? Just, how often do men get their haircut? I don't know. Nick, Nick, once a month. Once a Nick month. says once, once a month. month. Okay. okay. I mean, and they have nothing else to do, so I hope they're getting you know some haircuts. Yeah, Jason needed a haircut, but well, you know, we. Just, yeah. I mean, Jason's hair needed a lot of things. It didn't get like we can really talk about that. <laughs> um. So, 
They are going to hike to a sacred temple, one of the most sacred temples in this entire area <laughs> that relates us now. Wow. Some more fun facts for you guys. And once they're on the path to the sacred temple, they can't kiss or touch. The two things that Blake the was most only two things. To. The only Blake two wanted things. To. Oh, I also want to note that she did do the run, jump, and straddle move with him, yes. which was yes. a good sign. This is the ten point, like first for technique. She does it. You know, <laughs> yes. this is a, yeah. I agree. She yeah. He's winning her over. She has really long, slender legs. Like sometimes with the Bachelorette, they're a little shorter. And so they just kind of spring into the arms. With Becca, you can really see her legs like gracefully like coming up <laughs> yeah, to cradle Yeah, she has really him. nice form, as you said. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. It looks like she's they, sort of like climbing them like a tree or like <laughs> vaulting into their branches, wrapping wrapping her legs around them. Um, I just, whenever she does that, I just stare at her legs and I'm like, her legs are so skinny. Yeah. And I just think, think about how I could never shaved. do that. um so she's in some nice athleisure yeah they're they're dressed for a hike once they're on the path they say they can't kiss or touch but they still seem to be holding hands as they set out on the path i had a lot of questions about whether they properly adhered to these restrictions um and they they get to the temple and they meet two monks dressed in orange uh who guide them in prayer and offer them some pieces of relationship wisdom. And Becca says something I think is really true. There's something so old and cultural about interacting with the So monk. old and also cultural. And there's just there's, like that moment of silence from everybody uh, here. I was I, I, I almost missed it. Greg was, my husband was like, what did she just say? And I was like, wait, I missed it. What did she say? I think I just like sunk back into myself. I was like, oh. Uh, I think I she was I like hallucinated how do, it. She was like, "How do I describe this? I don't really." They're like, "What was that like?" It's hard <laughs> to pick a specific word to to represent what you're feeling, but I think old and cultural. She she should have taken another crack at yeah, it. Yeah, I think they could have done a redo on that one. They must have had so little to work with if they're using lines like interacting with the monk is so old and cultural. I'm sure she had a couple takes and probably was a little too long with the other ones. So they picked the shortest sound bite. <laughs> they're like, old and cultural, done. Check. Yeah, they're like, yeah, <laughs> that's it. I mean, the monks were old. One of them was not. One of them was, was not. He was young. But they represent a very old tradition. Tradition, yes. The I traditions like, were ha- were old. Right. I feel like they probably had more wisdom to share, too, that she could have elaborated on. Yeah, what was the wisdom? The monk tells them to have uh, in their relationship honesty, honesty, compromise, patience, and giving. Like giving of love, um, patience, and mindfulness. It was that, it was nice. Yeah. I mean, those are important things. The <laughs> yes. four love languages that we always talk about. Honesty, uh, and compromise. Becca is really, she mentions honesty every episode now. This is the big theme of the season that mm-hmm. she... I think she's getting more angry about it over time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she wants honesty and she wants to give honesty and... And she missed it in her last relationship. She missed relationship. it in her last relationship. No honesty. Ar- no honesty from Ari. I think she's she's doing a good job, though, not being a hypocrite. She's being very honest as well. Even saying, you know, Blake, you're in your head and you're acting really weird. You know? <laughs> yeah. Call him out. Good. 
She she is. She's doing a good job of expressing herself. And I do you can see her really intentionally holding herself to that standard because she's so so hyper aware of what it felt like to be on the other end of things. Yeah, I sense that she's holding back from giving Blake reassurance that he really needs in order to relax because she's afraid of taking it away later. Um, and I, I almost wonder if she should have just loosened up a little and given him a little. Because he would say, yeah. oh, I'm really aware that there are other guys and that they feel things for you and that you feel things for them. And that is really difficult for me. And she's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not reassuring yeah. at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't feel good at all. No. Like, she doesn't even say, say things in these moments, like, that bring the focus back to their relationship. She's more just like, yeah, no, you're right. That is the reality. That is the reality. I it's couldn't agree true. more. It's really stifling, and it's definitely why he hasn't, you know, fallen even more. Yeah, it's it's definitely pulling him up a little bit. Um, and that's basically what the whole evening date conversation is about. The um, rest of the episode is just uh, all the Blake parts are just Blake being increasingly anxious. And them yes, just and rubbing each other with their hands. So awkward. They're like, we get to touch again. Let I me mean, rub your arm with my hand. As someone who has hand. an anxiety disorder, I really related to Blake. I was like, <laughs> yeah. this seems excruciating. <laughs> I agree. Because, yeah, he's ta- he's only... Becca is the only person who can offer him any relief, and yet the reality is that he understands the situation, and that is what the situation is. Um, you know, he might not end up with this woman, and she is very into other people. So, But the one way to calm anxiety is to feel understood, and I just don't think he feels understood because he keeps repeating it. Yeah, yeah that's a really that's good, a good point. point. He keeps repeating it and I think is waiting for a, a response from her that, lands that properly yeah yeah and he keeps i mean and he echoed back what his mom indicated which is that his mom was really really involved like he had a really really hard time after his last relationship his mother was driving to his house he said three to four times a week for dinner because he was so depressed like i'm i started getting really worried (laughs) for blake Blake. no that was hard to hear i mean because also he is at an age where you wonder, does he have another support system? Does he have, like, friends that he can lean on going through a breakup? I know it's never the same as your mom, but, like, four nights a week is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to be spending with your mom. Um, and I I would be concerned if if he didn't have another support system at all. One would hope that he that he does. I mean, maybe he's just trying to reference the people that she's met. Right. I think it's sweet, though, because he's close with his family. I think if you're that in that dark of a place, like you want the people that you know will bring you out the quickest and um, and won't judge you. And that may, might be your mother. And maybe it wasn't for that long, hopefully. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you're right. What if it was three or four nights a week for one week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really Aww. puts a different spin yeah. on things. I'm just, I'm just getting worried about sweet baby face Blake. He's yep. just so cute, just devastatingly cute, yeah. as I said last week. And it I think just, his, he's a little bit fragile emotionally. Yeah. And it's like we relate to to that. Oh, a lot. I totally relate I, we to that. We always talk about it. And I also went through a breakup that was like incredibly devastating and took probably longer to get over than the relationship itself lasted 
and was just a complete disaster. And I don't think that what I took away from that is now I should go on TV and try to fall in love really fast. Instead, I'm like, <laughs> I need to hide this away in a very private place. Like my my dating process clearly but is also, once you volatile. Feel like once you feel like you're over the person, don't you want to just move on? And I feel like he totally. probably thought like, okay, I'm better. Check. I'm ready to fall in love. And really when you're on this show, people constantly talk about your feelings, which is something guys aren't used to. Yeah. And so it really unveils like all this darkness inside of you and just, you know, things that you thought you suppressed or things you thought you got over. You probably didn't because they're going to hash it out. And they're going to make you, you hash it out on national television. Yes, there you go. I also would imagine that, you know, most people go on the show knowing the odds intellectually and thinking you're probably not even going to really connect with the person. So I would imagine, I mean, I don't know if you felt this way, but like sort of taken by surprise that you actually even connected with the person. I mean, I won't lie. I wasn't that way because I was doe-eyed. <laughs> like, I literally thought of fairies existed and birds would come to our rescue if something happened. <laughs> I, I think I was a lot more innocent when I went back on back in the day. But um, for these guys, you could tell a lot of them are skeptical. And when they do have feelings, it's like, whoa. You know, I'm taken aback. I also feel like a lot of the men who go on this show go on being like, it'll be a good travel opportunity. I'm right. going to like, you know, be yeah. on TV and that'll be fun and we'll see. And then Blake because... Blake does seem like a romantic. He though. does seem he like does. a romantic. I, I think like... he was certainly open to it. But yeah, um, I also think that for men specifically, there is something... They're often not... They're not often put in positions where emotional labor and intelligence are at the core of what the experience is. And this is completely centered on, as you said, speaking about your emotions. I also nauseam. think like at this point of this of the show, like this late in the game, the batch or like the producers are really testing to see who can handle this situation. And they're really testing out who's going to be the next Bachelor. Yeah. And, you know, who cracks under pressure. And if you crack under pressure now, you're not going to do very well. And so I think this is the ultimate test well, for them. But it's it's such a, a balance, right? Because I think Becca nailed her audition. Yeah, yeah. She handled herself so well. And the result is we've had a really even-keeled season with not I've that much drama. Season, I haven't I, hated the season. I've liked it too. But it yeah. definitely hasn't. We haven't seen as much of like Becca really getting emotional or like we haven't really seen her do much. Even when she cries, I feel like it feels very under control. Like <laughs> I'm going to cry about Jason tonight. You know, yeah. like I have said goodbye to this relationship and I feel bad and in certain ways regretful about it and I'm going to like mourn that relationship it never feels like she's unstable or and that's kind of what gives a season it's real zest like Caitlyn's season we were always like what is going on <laughs> yeah and it was amazing tv and I wonder if I mean Blake maybe if maybe it's too soon for him to to lose it maybe he's not strong enough but if I'm looking at it as a producer I'd also be like well he would give us lots of great clips of him yeah. being confused and upset I think he'd have a hard time juggling different women because he's such a romantic and he's used to getting to like devote himself to one person I think that could all be really interesting right it watch. could be really I must fantastic say, though, television I look up to Becca so much with how she processes her emotions I think she's a great example for young women who watch this that this is how you should approach your dating life you know if you don't feel it with somebody be honest right away and you and move on yeah 
Oh, I wish I was as emotionally stable as Becca <laughs> seems like, to be. Right. <laughs> I think she's she's very admirable. But it's like that's not always the most compelling thing to watch. I mean, I don't think this has been like the worst season ever, but there are definitely points where I've thought maybe maybe they bank too hard on the benefits of her being really composed. Mm-hmm. Um and there are there are downsides too. Um, so she offers him the fantasy suite card. Obviously, Blake says yes. <laughs> He's like, I just want to worship you, my body and my heart and my brain. Um, and and yet in the morning, he's still extremely anxious. He's yeah. more anxious. <laughs> but haven't you ever yes. slept with somebody yes. and the next morning you're like, oh you're my like, gosh, oh, what just happened? Yeah. Like, do, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Again. Did I do it right? Like, <laughs> I, He's like, I, this was my audition. Yes. How did it go? Right. I feel like I re- relate to Blake on yes. a very deep emotional level, but I I can also sense the pieces yeah. of myself that I'm like, that's not always the best. <laughs> well, he said something the night before that I really related to also, which is she asked if he's freaked out about, like, committing in a week and a half is finale filming day. And he says, no, I'm really ready. I'm a guy who looks for a reason to stay, not a reason to leave. And she really loved that. I think my reaction from like a watching a romance sort of perspective is, oh, well, so you'll just commit to anyone. But like if it were a guy I was dating who said that, I would be totally into it. And also I relate to it because if something is working i'm very all in 100 percent. and right, you'll put all of your effort in until it's very clear that right isn't and that's it's a really unsettling situation to be in um if you're if you have that kind of mindset um where he's like looking for reasons to to stay and she's looking for reasons to maybe jettison him so she can be with someone else um it's really left him hanging in the balance and uh and he it's cares kind of, even more than he did the night before, he says. Yeah. The well, next morning. It's the oxytocin. Of course. Yeah. Science. They're they're just in bed cuddling. Becca has perfect lashes. And no, she definitely her hair has extensions. Is, yeah, her hair is just perfect. That's like, what I, I wish, look like. Yeah, when it's I exactly wake up. what I look like when I wake up yeah. every morning. The fantasy suite mornings always make me think of that scene from Bridesmaids where Kristen Wiig gets oh, yeah. up, does her makeup. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. I remember the early days of dating someone. Definitely did that more than once. Um, and he he walks her out. That's kind of the end of the date. He doesn't want it to be the last time they wake up together. He's he's really emotional about it. Becca can kind of tell. But it's over. Date's over. So it's time for him to go. We get a lot of Blake shirtless, by the way. I didn't hate it. It was fine. <laughs> it's like a lot of lingering on his like naked lower back and stuff. And I was like, okay. Um, there's just a lot. He's such a broad man. So when he's shirtless, it's like a lot of shirtless body. Like yeah, a, his torso like a tree. is long. Yeah. He has a very long torso. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. Okay. So next up, she meets Jason in town. They're going to... The Sunday market to explore. There is no run, jump, and straddle. I do know she was wearing a skirt, but still, I just feel like I was really reading into all yeah, of these little yeah. things. Like, eh, 
No run, jump, and straddle. Sign. Not a good sign for oh, Jason. No. Has she ever run and jumped on run and jumped on Jason? I don't know. Did she for hometown? I can't recall. Yeah, me neither. Someone tell us. I guess I don't think of him as a run and jumping sort of guy. I'd be worried I'd knock him over. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like Blake, I'm like I could throw a lot at that, and he would be able I think to take it. Other the other guys film taller, and Jason for me films her height. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he has as much. Well, he's definitely not her. as broad as as Garrett and Blake. Yeah, yeah, but it's they're all. Pain. She's she clearly into cute brunettes. Yeah, three yeah. cute brunettes left. She could be afraid to slip off of his hair gel because he's got so much <laughs> oh, in that comb over. After, you don't want to face after we that. saw his cute brother who has great hair. I'm just yeah. like, there is potential here, Jason. It was hard to even see the family resemblance because of the hair. But they have very similar faces. Yeah, I would need to see, like, a Photoshop <laughs> of his face with his brother's hair on it just to see for myself. What if Jason shows up to Mentel All and he's just gotten a haircut? Because there's been a lot of feedback. I feel like Please. often that happens yeah, with people. Happen. They yes. get, like, a lot of feedback about, like, their brows or something. And they show up to Women Tell All with, like, new brows. Yeah. yeah. That's the real reason to go on the show. Just so everyone can tell you to what is wrong what, with your what looks. you need to tweak, you know. <laughs> I love the yeah, I'm with you. I love the transformation, the before and after. I can attest. <laughs> you really grow up. I think during JoJo's season, there like almost all the guys had that uh the final four had the exact same haircut. But then for sure. I think at, at Mental All, a couple more guys had gotten the haircut. <laughs> I feel like there was something they were like looking around them like, oh yeah, that seems to be a, a haircut that the ladies like. <laughs> <laughs> a lady named JoJo. I'm going to try that. Um, so they wander around. They eat crickets. Which looked really appetizing. Um, Is that just me? Yes. I mean, <laughs> as far as crickets In go, they room, looked pretty good. It might be just you. I mean, I, th- when Becca said that she had, like, that she noticed a leg in her teeth, that was, that's it for me. <laughs> if they took the legs off and it was just the body. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Be- it's like rice. It looks like the same shape. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm but fine with, with long eating most things, legs. but I want them. I want to not be able to tell what I'm eating. Right, that's the key. Yeah, blend yeah. it up. Exactly. It's like I always say. I don't like when seafood has its eyes left on it when it's brought to me. Like I want. I yes. just want it everything removed. I'll <laughs> eat the eye if you grind it up into exactly. something. Like I, I always hear that like sausages or hot dogs are gross because you don't know what's in there. And I'm like, great. Someone's got to eat that. And I don't know what's in there. And I don't know what's in there. So it's fine. (laughs) Like, it doesn't bother me. Um, What is it? Is it Crazy Ex-Girlfriend where one of the characters is like his business is that he's invented an ant based protein bar? This sounds so familiar. It's white, Josh. That sounds really bad (laughs) out of context. Um, but see, yeah, that I would do. You make a protein bar out of crickets. I'm in. So uh, they go into a temple, and then they come back out. The architecture is apparently striking. There's stonework on the stairs, yep. and Becca says, "Could you see like living in, like having some stonework like this on your house one day, or our house?" And then immediately, like, has a panic attack. Yeah. She's like, what have I done? I led him to believe that we might have a house together one day when clearly that's impossible. Yeah, I like how she gets freaked out by something she says. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a very honest moment. That is, like, the, the most interesting moment for me of Becca's episode because she 
she loses that composure because she feels like she made a mistake and she and she's been so careful and she's like oh and now I've done it I did it I messed up how am I gonna fix this she's so hard on herself and it's so indicative of you know a tendency women have to be so much more self-critical like turn any sort of shame about what's going on outwardly inward and she's like I have to protect these men like she gives herself very little latitude to she wants to be she never wants to be able to be compared to Ari because she's so aware of how awful that it felt yeah and I do think that there is an, an element of like the women on the show often do feel like well why did you talk about a future with me if you didn't feel that way and so she's thinking well, why, how, I can't do that to someone right. when I would not accept that being done to me. To me. And, which and is fair. It's fair. And it's it's interesting to watch a lead, to see that internal process and watch a lead actually respond to the pressure of balancing these relationships when you know that only one of them is going to continue yeah. ultimately. Um, and it was, yeah, I, I find those moments of emotional vulnerability where people, like, that's the, it, that's the interesting stuff to watch. Because you can kind of get into someone's head a little bit. You could tell she has a strong sense of morals, too, because she could have easily gone through the day and, like, pretend that never happened and then slept with him. but Or just gone—not slept with him, but got into the fantasy suites and spent time together and say, this is what everyone does and just make it feel very normal. But, you know, she was compelled to tell him right away. So, anyway, I love that moral fiber of hers. I also feel like once you have the thought of— this relationship needs to end. Oh, yeah. For me, it's just like impossible to put that thought back. Totally. Yeah. No, for me, I always found when I was dating that I either like never had that thought. And so it just la- like I would be obsessed forever or I would have it like within the first week. And then I'd be like, that's it. Like there's no this getting past my thought that I don't want to be with this person forever. Mm-hmm. If we're not getting married in my mind, then we're breaking <laughs> up right now. They'd be like, it's our second date. I'm sorry. Can't waste any more time on this. Um, and they cut sort of right from her having this freak out to the producers to the night date. So we see her step away from Jason, like leave him on the stoop of the temple to go to the producers. Poor Jason gets lo- left twice during yeah. this date. <laughs> and so she goes to the producers like, I don't know. I We haven't talked much about our future but then I just said it and I can't see it. So basically how they frame the dates especially during the final three is the morning half always has to be an activity and you're not allowed to talk about emotions till the night portion because uh. they've already scheduled it so that's how they tell the, the the lead. They say you right now you just have to have fun. Don't talk about anything serious. You can't talk about your siblings your family. Nothing like that. Just save it for later. And so she was like okay well I can't talk about it now we can't resolve anything here. We have to wait um, because that's when all the dramatic music comes out and there's le- right. it's more intimate. There's less noise and distractions. So they really like having so you two just hyper focused in on each other because that's when they get the real emotions out because that's in- it really puts a different gloss on Colton's conch date. Yeah, right. When he kept trying to talk about being a virgin and then the Bachelor producers would be like, no, look over (laughs) here. We're going conch fishing. Yeah. Or they say, Becca, can I talk to you for a second? And then she says, oh, can I excuse myself? And they pretend that they're going to have an interview. They're like, oh, we need to, you know, we need her to catch us up on where what's happened so far. But really, they don't need an interview. They're just stopping the progression of the relationship. Right. They're interrupting 
to redirect it. And this <laughs> season, it makes Becca look super emotional because she has to walk away. And, and I'm doing that in air quotes because she really doesn't have to walk away. She, <laughs> the producers are really just stopping her from being, you know, transparent because clearly that's just what she wants to be. Yeah. Have you guys ever read the the uh, short story Harrison Bergeron? It's about, it's like a dystopian <laughs> Wait, uh, this- story about... I always forget who wrote it. It's like a sort of uh, futuristic story. But basically the idea is that they've decided everyone has to be equal. So if you're like more uh, athletic than other people, then they like weigh you down with sandbags so that you can't. Oh, it's Vonnegut. Vonnegut. And, uh, and if you're really smart, oh, yes, then, they, then they put a device in your ear that beeps at regular intervals to disrupt your thoughts. Wow. I for, I that is what the so Bachelor producers are, are doing, doing to That's Becca. That's so true. Um, yeah, she needs a handicap. They're just biting from Vonnegut a little bit. Um, that's so interesting because I do feel like they've been doing it more this season. And maybe maybe because the guy's been more open or maybe because she's been really receptive to pulling things out of them, but they seem to keep wanting to derail (laughs) stuff for her. Um, Yeah, she's too good at this. Yeah. So I wonder what happened with the rest of the day date. Like, did they just decide not to show it? Totally. I'm sure they went up to to Jason and said, you know, Becca's not feeling well. Would you mind? She just wants to see you this afternoon. We're going to get you ready. That's the end of the date. And they did have probably like a good 30 minutes together where they were eating crickets and doing all these random things. And, and, right. That could so have been, it, I mean, that could have been an hour. Right. More. Exactly. Yeah. But for this far in the game, your date should have been three hours long. Right. You know, and they can just cut it to 30 minutes and be like, that's it. You're done. Wow. See you later. Yeah. And like, what would he really know about it? Cause he, he's not talking to the other guys. Totally. Because you're separate. They're separated at yeah. this point. Yep. Everyone's at a different hotel even. Wow. Oh, really? And that's really good because they don't want you to bump into anybody. And they really let each hotel be your playground. So you can go to the beach or you can So um, you have a little more space to move around. Because you're stuck there for three weeks. Oh, my God. And so they don't want you to go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and they definitely don't want you to bump into somebody else. So everyone's on a different property. And um, the worst part about being in the final three is seeing fireworks in the distance or a helicopter because you know that's when they're about to have their fantasy suite. Right. That's the, oh moment when it all, that's the moment when it all gets real. And I remember being so upset. So I could see why Blake is taken into this spiral because you know, like, this is the— weekend she might get laid by two other guys yeah (laughs) no it's so bizarre to me like when you take even a step back for a second to think about how this is actually produced i'm i mean it's crazy making and to know like you might be dating around casually and know that the person you're really into is dating other people but you don't know like exactly when they're having sex like (laughs) to the minute that must be extremely weird um I don't think I don't think I'd handle it well. Um, in contrast to everything I've ever said about myself, um, so <laughs> they head to the night date. All of a sudden, um, she keeps saying she's had this a great day with him, so much fun. But suddenly, she just had this moment where she couldn't see a future with him. But she feels like she owes it to their relationship to try to get things back on track. Do you think that that is what happened? Kayla's shaking her head. No. (laughs) Do you think the producers were like, you owe it to your relationship to get back on track? I don't think they put those words in her mouth, but maybe actually that's plausible. I think she 
I think they might have said you have some certain obligations and Jason seemed like he was probing it so much saying like, well, what if you are in love with me and you don't know it? But you, once you're last in a race, you really can't catch up. There's a certain yeah. point. Yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, it was so hard to to watch their conversation, just the, the breakup where he's like, is this a point where I should fight a little bit harder? Or is this the point where I should... Stop. And prior to that, despite how the day date went, he seemed really chill and excited. He was like, there's a fantasy sweet card instead of a rose. Like, I, I feel so. That was brutal. Like, he was, like he basically felt like he didn't have to worry about going home on the date. Like, he was like, instead, the question is, like, are we going to bone, basically? <laughs> and he sees this great future with her, um, this lifelong partnership. Fiance, mother best friend. She brings up hometowns and immediately he's just like, my family loves you. They love you so much. Their only concern is I might get hurt. (laughs) Which is crazy. And Becca's just like dagger to the heart. (laughs) She's already feeling so guilty. Um, Becca, interestingly, points out that usually families are harder on The Bachelor because they're uncomfortable with a guy dating their daughter and also other women. And she's like, but I want them to ask me tough questions because... I want them to, like, care about you. And Jason is not really picking up her signals here so much. Although he does. And then he just asks her straight out, where's your head at here? Where does Becca stand? Where does Becca stand? And she just, of course, she, what else is she supposed to do? Of course, she has to say it. Yeah. She has to just say, this isn't working. Yeah. And she really, this this production was diabolical. She's like, my head's all over the place. Remember what I said about our future home? It felt forced to to say that. I felt like I had to say it to include you. And that's not right. And I don't know why it felt that way. Excuse me. I just have to go for a second. Yeah. (laughs) Bad, bad timing. Just they were just icing Jason, I feel like. And then they obviously wanted to have an in the moment of him waiting for her to come back, which they have of him being like, I'm so terrified right now. I don't know what's going on. I think also the producers and Becca have this rapport where she trusts them. And so every time she says something that's really important, they take her away to make sure the next line isn't something she'd regret. (laughs) So I think that what she said was really honest and truthful and she doesn't want him to have any questions if when they do break up, like this is when I started thinking about it. And, you know, for Jason, it'll definitely help him move on quicker, hopefully. Yeah, Yeah, their conversations were very honest. And I also would imagine that taking her away, as you said, Claire, Jason has also been very chill and even keeled. And they probably needed a little bit more from him. So make him a little anxious. Make him sit there for five minutes. We got a tear this episode from him. At least one tear. A lot of choking up later. Later he gets very emotional. I mean, she really doesn't give him, for all the time she took to think about it, really can't answer his questions He wants to know whether she's sure that she can't see a future with him. She says, no, I'm not sure. Yeah, which obviously is not – it's what he wants to hear because it leaves him an opening. But she is still closing the door pretty firmly, so that doesn't give him much clarity. I think that is an honest statement, though. It's like – Probably in that situation, you can never be totally sure. It's such a weird process. At the same time, you have to make decisions. It's like that movie, He's Not That Into You. Like, what are you really going to say to somebody? I'm not—you're not, not going to say, I'm not that into you. Yeah. 
you just aren't. You're going to let them down easy and you're going to say. text them back. Yeah. Ghosting is way easier, but you can't do that here. Yeah. But <laughs> at this point, like, you know, episode like, or the final three, when you are in that position, you feel like you can, you, you have more leeway. And so you ask the producers, what can I do? Like, you want to take some of it into control. Right. I'm not saying this very eloquently. Yeah. Basically, you're so far in the game. You're like, what can I do to make sure I can get farther? And so that's why his surprise later isn't that surprising to me. Right. I mean, it's— And we will get to that. Poor Jason. He was so prepared. Um, I mean, but he didn't seem that anxious about the date compared to, to Blake and even Garrett. He seemed really sure— Really confident. Jason does when, seem to know himself perhaps the best out of all of these men. Um, he seems confident in who he is. He seems like he he's like, these are my weaknesses. These are the things that I'm trying to improve on. This is how I feel about you. I'm very thoughtful with what I say. And when I say it, I mean it. My yeah. favorite line of the night from him was he said, I love that I can speak with a clear heart and not a calculated head. Whew. I feel like that is bachelor material here, people. Yeah. Yeah, he had a decent <laughs> bachelor true. audition he in really this exit, did. I would say. Um, yeah, the, the conversation is really hard because he doesn't want to really accept that he's being dumped, but he's also clearly being very careful not to push her too hard. Um, so she says she doesn't want to put him through the overnight if it's not totally there. And he says, well, I thought this process was about pushing each relationship to the limit to see what's there and not closing the door until you're certain. And so I'd be remiss if I didn't ask whether I'd you were confident. Remiss. I think this is the first time in <laughs> Bachelor history that phrase has been uttered on the show. Yeah. And then he's like, so what would stop you if you aren't totally sure? Um, there's a reason I'm still here. There's still time we could have together. And she's like, I don't know, but I don't think we can get there. You know she's got to be really sure if she's going to give up, you know, a night with the best kisser in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I never quite understand why people want explanations. I mean, I understand why people I want understand. explanations, but I never understand the expectation in Bachelor Universe that they should expect a reason because the best reason is that you don't want to be with someone. But I do think— And once someone is like, I don't want to be with you, what are they going to tell you that makes it any more clear? Nothing. Mm -hmm. But I think in that moment, when I've been dumped, I want I want to talk it through. I want sure. to be able—I want to talk, talk at, to the point that I can wrap my head around it. And even if actually nothing different is said, just the act of the talking and the trying to explain can be helpful if you're trying to process it. And I— would imagine that it's really difficult to go through a breakup in this world because it's you're so zero to 100 constantly, constantly, constantly. And suddenly, like, you're just done and you just never speak to that person again. Yeah. No, that's very <laughs> like when he was saying, oh, you know, see you soon. Yeah. But clearly he knows that he's maybe going to see her like once again, ever. Yeah. ever. Like, it's very weird. What was that ending like for you, Kayla? I I just remember it being so abrupt. I mean, I. I was kind of like Jason, as you said, we'd talk about later, but I surprised my lead and I was like, hey, you know, I'm doing this wonderfully romantic gesture. 
I want to convince you that I should still be here. And you should never feel like you have to convince somebody that you're worth their time. And that's what Jason's doing. And that's when it becomes like a little, not desperate, but, you know, it's a little sad because clearly your relationship isn't progressed that to that level. And for me, knowing that I would never see him again, I don't think I processed it at the time. I thought that, you know, we were like anybody else, like maybe we'll text, maybe we'll chat about it later, but really it's good he got his answers now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, you know, he handles it pretty well. There were so many moments where I thought that he was going to blow it. By... He did so well. He did. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, he just said at the end, you deserve the best. And she said, you do too. And that's and such, an said, amicable, sure. yeah. <laughs> such an amicable. Such an amicable goodbye. I did like seeing a little petulance from him. Like he was being so like restrained and careful <laughs> and like, I'm not going to be the douche here. And then he just kind of snapped a little bit and was like, and that's just oh, human. sure. Yeah. That's tell me you human. want me to be happy. Sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And then she's like, well, I do, though. And he's like, I know. <laughs> I believe you. I remember I did that same exact thing when when I was broken up with. My initial reaction was, um, that sounds like such a line. And like I du- he was like, you know, you deserve happiness. And I just want you to find the perfect person for you. And I was like, that sounds so rehearsed. And then I walked out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Classic. So it's good. I, I like that, too. Yeah. I mean, so many ways that we break up with people are rehearsed because— Like you say, like, it's very human to want to know the real reason, but often the real reason is not something that is convincing in words or that sounds rational. And so we rely on these little stock ways of saying that, like, oh, it's not you, it's me, or I'm just not ready to commit right now, or I feel like you, you know, you need something different. Um, And especially if... As the person who's doing the breaking up with, especially if you do have a lot of genuine affection and respect for that person, it's like you don't want that to get lost. So that's why you employ these things of you deserve happiness. I want the best for you. And it does feel really false. And at the same time, it's it can be very genuine. I remember hearing lines like that and being like, well, if you want me to be happy, I have an idea. Don't break up with me because <laughs> yeah. I really prefer it when we're dating. It's like my my logic center really would not kick in in those moments. Um, so Becca is just beside herself after this ending. There are a lot of moments uh, in this episode where I thought about the fact that Garrett is still here and what Becca said really just struck a little too close to home like when she is like Jason's such a good guy and I've dated terrible people in the past and Jason's such a good person oh dagger to the heart dagger to the heart also did you notice that Becca was wearing white in the night portions of Blake and Garrett's date and not Jason's yeah she just has that bridal feeling around them yeah (laughs) it's like wow that stylist really put some thought into this one We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with lots more overnight date insights from Kayla Quinn. If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't, (laughs) turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. 
Dressing head-to-toe in barefoot dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts, too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe, and it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily... I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well balanced. I feel full after and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices too. 
Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. So the next day we see her crying on the couch in, in a robe, um, thinking about Jason and how she didn't want to hurt comfy. him. The robe looked comfy. Yes. I noticed she's wearing a green tank top under the robe. That later we see when Jason comes to visit her, even though that like in the con in the flow of the show, it appears to happen after Garrett's date. Oh, and I'm wondering if it was just the day after their date. And totally. If they had an off day, because like yeah, you really hang right. out for like. Well, he's forced to hang out, right? He's probably stuck there. Don't they? Say until oh, then, no. 
Oh, no, he's definitely stuck there till really? till the end of filming. Till the engagement happens. Yeah. And actually four days after. So because they're they, all stuck. They're all there. stuck. Because they don't want any spoilers. And so if he was shown flowing, flying home. They all like, have to fly home right. the same time. Right. Yeah. Huh. So. But isn't that how uh, how Andy's season was spoiled, that Nick was flying home? Yeah, because he was talking on his phone okay. in a crowded plane. <laughs> he really brought that on himself. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so I, but they must have been on different flights. I would imagine. Same day, different flights. Yeah. You definitely don't want to see the, your ex. No. <laughs> hey, um, over there. You just screwed me over. Yeah. You With look happy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, but first we see her go on her date with Garrett. Um, they are going, Garrett is in camo shorts, all these things they can't edit out now. Um, and she says, look how cute you look and throws herself into his arms. Run, jump and straddle. And then they go on a little raft through the forest. Yeah. Kayla has some experience with this. So I've been on a bamboo raft before. (laughs) And that date for me did not go well. <laughs> and didn't they ed- they edited it to make it look so brutal? Like you guys didn't speak at all. <laughs> totally. They made it look like, you know, we'd just met that moment and we were like in the same airspace on an airplane. But we I, th- I thought that we were taking a deep breath together and just like relaxing and enjoying the moment. But no, they made it look like we were ignoring each other. And so raft dates can be really chaotic, especially if you have so many other people around. But this one was definitely a different pace. This looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it did look fun. It, it looked like almost like a water park experience or they were like it, it wasn't a serene trip, but it was just a lot of people and action and and you could see why Becca probably enjoys her time with Garrett. With Blake, it's so much earnestness. It's mm-hmm. so much talking through all all of these emotions in a and she's under so much stress. With Garrett, it's like let's giggle, let's be on this raft and look at some baby elephants. We don't have, you know, we can have those emotional conversations, but they're sort of separated over here. And you could tell that she could relax a little bit on this date. And yeah, and that's what the day date is meant to be. Just like fun and lighthearted. And you're right. With Blake, it's so much more effort. Yeah. She doesn't have to reassure Garrett. But I I do think she thought, they really play this up. She thought it was going to be a more romantic day date. But oh no, there are Thai people there. (laughs) Ton of villagers. I think it was probably more fun that way. I think it, I would, I would think so. Actually be around people. Yeah. Um, And it looked like a really fun, it's like, oh, national holiday. Let's all go down to the river, stand in the river and drink beer. They had had tables set up and we're like in the water drinking beer. I was like, this looks fucking awesome. I know. Honestly, though, with all the chaos, I could see the producers like in the back being like, okay, they're only going to be on the water for about three minutes. Let's record all three minutes and pretend it was an hour. So they probably just went around a corner and were like, okay, now you guys sit here. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> they didn't seem like experienced enough rafters to deal with all the traffic. I was right going to say the just the navigation like would send me into a panic attack. Yeah. I mean, you guys haven't seen me with my bamboo stick in the Hudson River (laughs) practicing for this moment. I don't think that you should go in the Hudson River (laughs) for any reason. You'll come out with like fish scales or something. Um, It really made me think, honestly, about how much the show depends on going to these like locations that to Americans feel very remote and peaceful. And then it's like. 
and pretending that there aren't really people who live there. And then it's like, oops, the people who live here are here. What are a using disaster. this public space that is there for the people who live there. It made me feel differently about all those past dates where they go to like a quiet, like remote location. And it's like, maybe uh, like, how do they usually ensure that people aren't there? I don't know. Just never do things on a holiday, I guess. Um, but so they stop, they get off the raft, and they sit, sit. and people watch. And they have a watch, beer. Have a beer. I would have sprinted to the elephant and just like started know, petting it, you know, give a little scrub brush or something. They were watching elephants play, and I was they like, They were so cute. The baby <laughs> elephants were so cute. Aww. They were. Just want to pick it up and snuggle it. Um, and they make out a little bit, people cheer. It's your classic <laughs> bachelorette situation. I mean, whenever I make out, I like to just have the crowd. I think by the end on. of the show, it must be weird to make out with and and not hear people cheer or at least have a camera there capturing every moment. You get really paranoid too because especially <laughs> um, during the final three, there's helicopters constantly around, like recording you from a distance or like getting aerial shots. And so not having helicopters around is really weird. Or if when you do see one in the real world, you're like, they're you're taping like, me. They're like, who's that? <laughs> How do I look? Um, that's really the origin of like, they're, they're these, uh, psychological like disorders that right. are culturally based so like after the Truman Show came out there were a lot of people who thought that they were having a TV show made about them <laughs> and I have to think that like reality TV is Definitely. probably continuing to feed into that um, did you guys notice that Garrett has a tattoo on his foot I did not what was it of I couldn't see it was too far away I'll have to look that up anyway sidebar um, and they head into the night date very atmospheric editing, by the mm. way. They show like the the golden sunset and the sky and clouds. Thailand really, across. Chiang Mai really gave them a lot to work with, oh, with yeah. the sweeping vistas and you know the wildlife, the, the culture, yeah. the culture, the, very the cultural, oldness. the very old culturalness. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, but this seemed very romantic. I'm with you. Like I, who wouldn't fall in love in this setting? I know with with anyone. I'd even fall in love with Garrett in this setting. <laughs> Um, so they're hanging out sort of in the, in the jungle, in the, in the forest on sort of a set up little sofa area. And then there's a, a tree house that they're going to spend the night in. I want to glamp in a fancy tree house. I, know. I loved it when Garrett great. was like, is this glamping? And she's like, yes. Like what else would be glamping? I was like this. That is the most relatable Garrett moment of the whole season. <laughs> it's like, I heard of this thing called yeah. glamping. Um, and so she gives a toast to their night together. And Garrett's immediately like, listen, I had really cold feet about this whole thing. And I really wasn't sure. And I'm not sure I want to be engaged or married again and, like, have it not work out. And I'm really afraid. Um, Becca seems really startled by this development in the conversation or at least concerned. Um, but then he's like, but then I saw you when I <laughs> got out of the minivan and your beauty <laughs> Erased all of my fears and your charisma swept away all my concerns. We have to give it to him. He did get a little emotional. Yeah. He's kind of getting vulnerable here. You could tell this guy isn't, you know, very soft on the inside all the time. And so to see it come out. <laughs> yes. It's hard for me to see him in a, and I mean this not even based on the outside the show stuff, which we've talked about, but 
his persona is so like, I do Chris Farley impressions and I'm a goofball that when he tries to shift into Mr. Romance Man mode, I'm like, I don't buy it. It's hard for me to take that side of him seriously. Like, I I mean, Becca obviously can, but I feel like I would just keep looking at him and imagining him doing Doing a Chris Chris Farley Farley impression and I'd start giggling and the moment would be ruined. Yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah, Becca brings up Ari and she, which I liked this part. She talked about how he kept saying he wanted a partner 50-50, but he actually just wanted to find someone who would completely be melted into his yeah. life. I think that's what Ari thinks 50-50 is, to be fair to Ari. Oh, certainly. It's like, 50-50, yeah, <laughs> you're going to be 50% of the person in this relationship, and so will I, and we will do everything I want. <laughs> that's what it means. I need to know what it worked out for him. See, they're, they're getting married they're getting in married. Maui. Yeah. yeah, in a few months. So I, I truly... the. More space we have from the show, the more I think that Ari and Lauren are, in fact, perfect for each other. And that's the, that's just another important argument for being honest. Right. So that if, I mean, maybe Find she just wants to melt want. into someone's life and then and you can be happy together. And that's great. But obviously that's not what Becca wants. And um, Garrett says, you know, that he would be he would be able to move potentially. And What that, does he do again? He says I his career remember. can go anywhere. Right. And all I remembered was him something? planting tomatoes. And I was like, that doesn't seem true. But that's I don't his that's parents. his family. That's his parents. Uh, medical sales rep. So, yeah, oh, okay. he could do sales. He could probably move regions and stay with his same company even potentially. Right. Uh, and so he says, you know, if that would help support her ambitions, that he would do that, which is He which just is wants great. to meet her in the middle. Like physically in the middle between Minneapolis and Reno. So wherever yeah. that is, that's where they'll be living. Omaha? <laughs> Geography is not my strong suit. Um, so this is apparently when Garrett says, I love you to Becca for the first time. I sort of thought that had happened already, but maybe just mm-hmm. because with Jason, she made a big deal out of how closed off he was because he hadn't said it yet. And she never brought that up with Garrett. I know. I thought it already happened too. Maybe he had told yeah. the camera. He was in love I with think her? he said, "I'm falling in love with falling you." Falling in love. That's such a tricky thing, and I don't know why they make such a big deal of that wording. But either way, I'm falling in love with you. I love you. What's yeah. the difference, really, to me? Yeah. Well, right? I mean, I, on the show, I guess falling in love with you means I'm into you. <laughs> right. It just yeah. means like I'm digging you. But in right? real life, when has anyone ever said I'm falling in love with you? That'd be really bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I'm falling in love with you, but I'm not in love with you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my husband and I went from I really like you to right. I love you. There was no like, guess what? <laughs> I'm in the process of losing myself into love with you. Not there yet. Right. Don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. yeah, like, why would you give them a little update like no. that? Just by the way. <laughs> I think I can get there eventually. Um, but, it, yeah, the, the I love you seems like the the important the important statement. And You're right. this is the first time he says it. And then he sort of, <laughs> like, wipes his forehead or something and is like, I hope you're the last woman I ever have to say that to. <laughs> right. Jesus. That comment right there. Yeah, I was like, you Way see to this kill as the a mood. huge ordeal. And you're like, I hope I've gotten that out of the way. <laughs> um, poor Garrett. So Becca has no reservation. She's really glad they're on the same page. She already loves him. 
And so she gives him the fantasy suite card. Garrett is like, I think she loves me back because of the way she kissed me. Wow. Which is a lot in that kiss. Yeah. Uh, Well, he's right. So it's hard to critique that logic. And Garrett said, Becca says in Garrett, she sees her heart's equal. What does that mean? Uh, Just someone with an equal shaped and sized heart as her, (laughs) I assume. (laughs) I think that she means she she sees someone who has the same capacity for love and commitment that she has um, and the same like quality of of lovingness that she has. Um, It's a very uh, Hallmark card way to say it. Um, a lot of lot of lines in this episode. A lot of very romantic Nicholas Sparksy lines, um, and she says there's just something so special about him. And I was like, why don't you probe that a little bit deeper? Yeah, what what? Ask exactly a few more questions. Special. We need to know more. <laughs> um, but alas, I think the camera leaves. He has this quality of folksiness that she really reads as dadness. Mm-hmm. Like when he's like, "All I want is to see Becca," and she's like, "What a dad." She's very charmed by him. He feels familiar in some capacity to her. And I would imagine that that would be very comforting. Can't discount that. It's important to feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, They stay overnight in a beautiful treehouse. All I could think about was how many mosquito bites I would have in the morning. There were a lot of layers, though. To the net, yeah. 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 I got a mosquito bite on the way to work this morning, so (laughs) I'm pretty sensitive to these. It looked really nice, though. I know. Like, I literally can be outside for five seconds and I will get a mosquito bite. During the morning? I can't explain it. I showed (laughs) up at home last night with a fresh mosquito bite. (laughs) Your blood is just so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. I do get huge mosquito bites. Okay. So, in the morning, uh, they wake up together. It's raining outside the tent. They can hear birds singing. They broke the headboard. <laughs> Half the headboard would have fallen over. I didn't notice that. Like, yes. <laughs> they need to know that they have a lot of repressed sexual energy. They need a very sturdy yeah. bed for fantasy suites. Clearly. Come on. She kisses his shoulder, which I noticed. That's that was sweet. And she's very comfortable being affectionate she, towards him. Yeah. She's very into this guy. Yeah. And she says he told her all of the reasons why he loves her. Wow. I'll wish I wish I got to hear yeah. that. So they uh, they eat breakfast. Garrett is giddy. Like oh, he's just his smile is his whole face. <laughs> yeah, even more so than usual. And he's like, if one night with Becca can make me feel this way, I have a great night life ahead of me. And I was like, heads up, it's not gonna it's not gonna be. always be like the first <laughs> night. Maybe maybe that's uh, maybe just calm that down a little bit, but this is when we see uh, Becca heads off into the forest, and uh, back at the hotel, probably a couple days before, who knows? Jason shows up in a very kind of starchy outfit. Yes, yeah, his shoes are like shiny, spit shined black shoes, collarless white button down. That's like, and we have been snug. primed to assume that. Especially when a dude comes back after they've been let go that, like, this is going to be bad. I was very nervous. Yeah. yeah. Like, is he going to be real angry? Is he going to cross a line? I really thought he was going to be like, I I really think you should give me another chance. Yeah. And I don't think that our story is over. I thought he was going to pull a Chris. Right. And, and that was the worst look. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't. 
He doesn't do that. Yeah, because even his voiceover at the beginning, he's like, I love her and I'm not ready for this to end. And I was like, oh, God. Um, We know that could have been pulled from before, too. Yeah, that's true. I never learn. (laughs) Um, But okay, so everyone makes a big deal that he made her a scrapbook, which I do think (laughs) is great. But I'm sure they just didn't show it. But the other two guys got Becca gifts, too. Before the overnight. Are they all, every fantasy date, there's a gift? Every fantasy date, there's a gift. And the other two gifts must have just, like, sucked or something. <laughs> also, also, are you I feel so like we rarely see them. You're probably like, oh, I'll spend seven hours making a scrapbook because I have nothing else to do right oh, now. <laughs> exactly. You have no idea. I painted a painting for <laughs> wow. Ben. And I was like, could you just give this to his mother? I, after I was broken up with, I literally said that to a producer. I was like, I painted this little, you know, small foot-sized painting. And I was like, you know, it's of, of their house in in wherever he lived, Indiana, can you just give it to his mom as a thank you for, like, hosting us and everything like that? And the producers are like, of course we will. I know they didn't. <laughs> yeah. They threw yeah. that away. They probably have a closet of memorabilia from oh, yeah. Bachelor's past. And, you know, it's it's just so funny that he like, gave it to her because I, I, I remember being in that moment being like, I just wish, you know, maybe this would have been the last gesture. Right. Yeah. He would have gotten the painting and been like, well, I can't say goodbye to someone who made me a painting of my childhood home. Right. That's what I'm looking for in a in a spouse. But in that moment, I could, you know, Jason should have just like not given it to but me. But I, I can totally I can totally see him being like, but I put so much effort yeah. into this. It just has to be like, just take it. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I remember, like when you when you say it happens on every date, they really don't show it that much anymore, or every fantasy date. But I remember the first seasons of the show that the gift giving was very ritualized, and like yes. every gift would be shown. It would be like today is Trista's birthday, <laughs> and each of you is going to give her a gift, and you're going to come in individually and present her the gift, and she's going to open it, and you're going to talk about the it, gift. <laughs> and then you will like wait to be judged. Basically, I mean, they, they also used to do those weird video messages at this yeah. point. Yeah, right. Which was very odd. I'm glad they cut that. That was until pretty recently. I think Sean, even maybe. Sean Lowe, Lowe definitely, definitely had videos. Yeah. I definitely remember Andy doing a video do like after Juan Pablo. Or no. No, I think they had stopped they it stopped by, then? by then. I think so. In lieu of a video, she was just like, I'm out. <laughs> that sucked. Um, yeah, but it was still pretty recently. Um but so he sits down and is really choked up, really emotional, and he says that she, you know, he, he has this genuine love for her, even though they met in such an unconventional way, and he just wanted to make sure she knew that before he left. Um, and she says, Jason, I've never met anyone like Jason. Like, really? The most unique man. <laughs> Jason is a lot of things, but I've never looked at him and been like, he's really one of a kind. (laughs) I've always felt like he's very much of a type, a good type. Yeah, a good type. I was like, that's why I kind of like Jason. Right. Because I feel like he's a person that I've met versions of and enjoyed. Right. I do think she was sweet. She said there needs to be more Jasons in the world, which I think is so true. Yes. Yeah. He's a good dude. Jason for every woman. He's definitely a type, but he's a ready type. Yeah. It's a good type. I suppose I, I just feel like she, as you do, reaches for compliments that sound really good, even if they aren't remotely applicable. Um, 
And she says she doesn't want him to question the journey because we had a very special relationship. And she says, uh, he says, you deserve the best. And she says, so do you. And he's like, okay, sure. I did like, <laughs> I did like when he said, you know, I just didn't feel good about the way that we closed the door and I wanted to make sure the door was closed properly. That felt really relatable. I agree. Yeah. Like you closure. Just didn't, yeah. You didn't have that closure and you just wanted to feel like you had some control over that ending in some capacity. This is that last text you text somebody like after a week of the breakup. Sometimes you, know? you just yeah. want to have the last word. I mean, I... I really relate to this because often when I'm broken up with, I'll, I have realized that what I need is to have that conversation that's in my control. And I'll just ask someone to like hop on the phone and talk for five minutes or meet me at a bar and talk for 20 minutes, just, I mean, depending on how long the relationship has gone on. And, and it's helpful. So I can understand being someone in that situation, just being like, I just need to like, close the door on my terms. Totally. But usually that's the women or the men tell all. Right. Right. So he's just jumping the gun. But you know what's good is playing on this being equally good TV or better as having him do it on mental. Right. I saw the scrapbook. I just don't know what questions he would ask her now because hopefully he has moved on because I want him to be a bachelor if I haven't made it clear enough. I think he would be good. Maybe they wanted to clear that out of the way so that by the mental, he seems like a good bachelor prospect. Totally. Um, It's interesting. I have like a different feeling about the closure conversation, I think, because it's never gone well for me. Um, and I tend to, maybe because the way that we talk about closure is so final and in reality for me, often the way I feel after that conversation is still really upset and emotional. And I'm like, so I guess I don't have closure yet. And that's a really damaging thing to, to tell yourself. Um, and then you have to keep being like, I think I just need a little bit more closure on this. Can we meet up again and talk about it some more? And that's just bad. I'm glad that you know, that they got another conversation. It seems like he's still really hurting, but um, but it's in his hands now. Uh, he has to, to deal with that uh, on his own. Um, but he does give her. He gives her the scrapbook. the scrapbook. There was a lot of text in that scrapbook. I think he, they don't even call it a scrapbook. I think he calls it a book. It was a he full book. Her a, he wrote, he wrote her, her a book. A book. Um, and just goes to show you that anyone can write a book if they really set their mind to it. We all have a book in us. And uh, she looks at the book after he leaves and and weeps. And she says, I, I know he's going to find someone and she should treat him like a king. And I was like, you don't get to tell her his future girlfriend how to treat him, <laughs> Becca, after what you just did. Okay. So rose ceremony. Uh the guys, I forgot, don't know that Jason is gone. So they're waiting for Jason to show up at the rose ceremony. And, of course, Blake is there first because <laughs> they want him to wait the maximum right. amount of time. <laughs> um, and there's a great bit in the credits where we learned that he was waiting so long that he had to pee. And finally, they were like, so just great. go in the bushes over there and pee, for God's sake. Um, and... Garrett comes up and talks to Chris and says, I've never felt this strongly about someone before. And Chris is like, weren't you married? Yeah, that was such a good bit of Chris Harrison shade. Just deadpan. You were married. Chris seems like mildly (laughs) astonished by all the guys this season. Whenever they talk to him, he's like, really? (laughs) Whatever you're saying, I don't understand. 
Um, yeah, he's like, first I had to have the sex talk, and then I needed to remind this guy that, like, he was actually married before. Because right. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm supposed to believe in the process, but this is taking it a little far. <laughs> and Gary keeps saying things like, there's no plan B. I'm all in. We're going to change each other's worlds 100%. So romantic. You know what? Maybe she... Is this the twist? Maybe she's going to change his world view. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Um, he's a liberal activist now <laughs> and she, uh, shows up, uh, no Jason and she goes in and explains that I liked her solo boat ride where she's just contemplating the world around her, <laughs> staring off into the distance in an off the shoulder red lace dress, which made up for the white. Yeah. No bridal, no bridal white before. for this. This oh is a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> a love, a love bath. Um, and she tells them, you know, Jason's not here. The relationship just couldn't compare. And I'm ready for you guys to meet my family. And then she gives the roses to Garrett first. Blake, Blake looks, looks stricken. He looks so sick to his stomach this entire time. I think yeah. he's reading into everything at this point. He's like, oh, she called Garrett's name first. It's like, you're getting a rose. Take a How deep breath. How could you not read into it, though? Of course. I know. Well, he's just too far gone. He's yeah. so in his own head. He's so he anxious. Is. It's like everything is a bad sign at this point. Right. Yeah. And then that speech at the end from Garrett. Garrett just oh. totally steamrolled over the toast and was like, made it all about him. Yeah. Right. He's like, you and I are going to end up together. Yeah. Yeah. Screw this guy to my left. And Blake's like, cheers. <laughs> it felt almost the way they showed it. So they, she gives out the roses and then they all stand there for a second. Yeah. And then are like, okay. And like walk toward Group each other. Hug. And then Blake gets to her first and hugs her first. And Garrett looks pissed. And I think Ben is like, well, here's my thing. I have a toast about how special she makes my heart feel and our beautiful <laughs> love story. Um, I think they were doing a little bit of, like, jockeying for dominance in that scenario. It must be very awkward once you get down to just two people and this is the only time you're seeing each other. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. And then you look at them and you're like, dang, they look good. <laughs> <laughs> but they get to go to the Maldives. Yeah. And so do her family. Or do does her family. Yeah. Her mom. I, I feel like her mom is kind of awesome. I'm excited to yeah. see the family. I hope her sister is going to be there. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see what happens. Can't wait to see the Maldives scouted out for future tourism for myself. To be continued. Yeah. Yes. But first, uh, men tell all next week. All right. Well, fantasy suites. Check. That's a wrap. Becca's journey is almost done. Check. And uh, Kayla, thank you so much for, you know, joining us on this journey. This raft excursion of love. love. Of course, guys. Thank you so much for having me. We're taking a break from Feminism Fails this week because everyone was pretty well behaved this episode. Good job, guys. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Kayla Quinn, and of course, our producers, Nick Offenberg and Sarah Patterson. Do you love Here to Make Friends as much as we do? You do. You do. (laughs) Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to subscribe and give us a rating. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so please like us there. You can find us both individually on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week for Men Tell All.
You're probably already familiar with Vogue. You know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than 100 years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue. Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet. Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher. Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts. 